This is your pal Daffy Duck, and you're watching. You're watching. We're watching. You're watching Fanboy. 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 Fanboy, etc. Fanboy Nation. God, I assume Tom. Well, Tim Sheridan, a man who I admire, envy, and am completely jealous of. I am basically at this point the seven deadly sins of Captain Marvel's uh, Rock of Eternity in my envy and jealousy of you. Just because, you know, uh, Superman, um, Man of Tomorrow, we, you know, Reign of the Superman, um, Long Halloween, which is what we're talking about today. And then don't forget Transformers and He-Man and the New Masters of the Universe, which is absolutely phenomenal coming out later on this summer. But Long Halloween comes first. A phenomenal comic written by Jeff Loeb and drawn by Tim Sales. Take us through your rendition of it. You know, I'm such a fanboy too. Like, you know, I'm like you. I mean, these things are, these things are, you know, how I grew up and there's, and I, I see how I grew up, but it, that makes it sound like, oh, I, I experienced these things as a kid and then, then I moved on. No, this has been my life, obviously. You know, I, I, um, I'm very glad to be able to live inside the, the DC canon, uh, you know, to, for it to occupy such a large amount of real estate in my brain. Um, because it is, I mean, I was a DC kid growing up and um you know now i i get to that that kid gets to do some really fun stuff um you know in addition to the other cool stuff you know i was also you know a motion kid growing up so i'm excited about doing that but um the long halloween you know uh long halloween is a little bit different i think for fans i think that we hold it in high regard i think there's a reason for that i think it's visually just incredibly impressive, right? I mean, oh, Tim Sale, yeah, Tim Sale's done some amazing stuff, but I would easily say that Long Halloween is my favorite thing that he's ever done. And, um, and so, uh, you know, and the, and the, the, um, the story, uh, is, is, is a, is a ripping good yarn and, uh, and tells us a lot about Batman's early days and Gotham City's early, earlier days. And so, so to take that, which a thing that is just starkly visually beautiful and that happens every month over the course of a year, over 13 issues, and you have to wait patiently, uh, for it to come out for a month. And then to, 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 to adapt that into a cinematic experience, you know, it's a, it's a difficult, daunting sort of thing when you when you first sit down to do it. I mean, I certainly was was nervous about it, but just dropped my toy, Doctor Who's TARDIS, off my desk. I don't know if you heard that. Um, I, I I sat down to the first day to to break out the story, and and I just said, I, there's no way to do this. And be faithful to the ideas and the themes and the, the way the story plays out in the book and do it in one movie. I just can't. I don't know how to do it. It's going to take a different writer to do it. I went and I talked to Jim and Butch and I said, I think we got to do this at least next two movies. I mean, if you give me, you know, 13 movies, I can really blow this thing out. But, but they said, uh, they said, well, we agree. And then they went and talked to everybody else at Warner Brothers and at DT and everybody agreed. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was easy. <laughs> um, I should have asked for more money too. Uh, um, so, um, so they, uh, so, so, so that was, that, that made it, that made it a lot easier, you know, in terms of, of getting to do this the right way in a way that the 
man inside of me could feel satisfied. Um, you know, Reign of the Superman was a tough one because we had a lot of, there were a lot of needs on that movie that were based around sort of the larger canon of movies that James was, James Tucker was making. And, um, you know, and just as, as part of the death of Superman cycle and all of that, there were just a lot, a lot of new characters introduced. There was a lot of stuff that went into making that. And, um, and, uh, and this was, this was a very different experience. And I, I felt like I wanted to make sure we had as much runway as possible to get to explore the, the themes from the book that I felt would play the best cinematically. And when I say I felt, <laughs> Butch and I, I should say, felt would play cinematically and would help tell the story that we were trying to tell. Um, you know, I think that in a lot of ways, look, it's a faithful adaptation. I, I just don't think anybody, if you go to this, you're, you're going to, hopefully you'll go away feeling the way you felt when you read The Long Halloween the first time. Um, but it's never going to look the way it looks in your head. Uh, because, you know, we read comic books, we fill in the gaps in comic books, and we, we, we interact with it in a different way than we interact with movies. And, um, and so, so, uh, so the, the animation, I guess we call it the in-betweens, you know, somebody goes in and does all the in-between, uh, animation. Um, that's the stuff we do in our head when we read a comic book. So I can't possibly bring to life the, the stuff that's happening between issue one and two in your brain, but I can tell you what's happening in my brain. And hopefully you'll feel that it is you know, authentic to the story and and helps to tell the larger story. Well, you did a phenomenal job of this, and not only because we came, we became fast friends after Superman, uh, Man of Tomorrow, and you get to ask for more money when you get to adapt uh, Dark Victory or De- your, uh, what's it called? <laughs> or any of the other, uh, you know, you think that. <laughs> you think that. You're, well, yeah, it's actually just true. You're right. I can ask. Right. The worst they can say is no, and uh, thank you for coming. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. But with, with all of this that's going on, you know, this is a, a different story. Yes, I'm glad that it gets to be two parts. I will give the audience one spoiler and one spoiler only about the Oh, And it's the cliffhanger ending that we got so enthralled watching this that it's just a groan of rage going, when's the next one coming? <laughs> well, good. Then, then, then everybody did their job yes. because I think it was important for us. It's, it's a tough thing. It's, it's a book that is so well known by fans and a movie that's made by fans for fans. Um, it was hard to find places to sort of surprise people. And I think that with the ending of part one, hopefully people will, will be surprised and they will feel that, um, that, you know, but, but they will also feel that they'll feel excited to watch part two like you, but they'll also feel like, yeah, this is, this is, this is right for the story and the way I see that the next part's going to play out. Yeah, I don't want to, I can't say too much, but you know, yeah, there, there are, we couldn't do this movie as two parts without, you know, if the audience was ahead of us right. at the end of part one. It, just was, it was just no way to make that work. And so we had to, uh, you know, crank it up a little bit in the surprise factor. Well, the thing, the thing with the way you wrote the film, and I'm going to use a professional wrestling term, uh, you know, saying it, it's called putting somebody over. This is, you know making you the big deal. You're the one that's that's winning in this. 
and you're the one that we're pushing to to the moon and back because you did such a great job, is that I recently reread the book, as most everybody probably will before watching it, and then to come about, and there were still the surprises of when the reveals of the characters showed up, and you kind of get lost in the story without being pulled out and going back, well, that didn't happen in the book exactly like that. You're just watching a new iteration, and you're going with the flow, and that's what you were able to do masterfully with this. Yeah, I I wish that, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm a guy who feels like that it's a big multiverse and that our version exists alongside the book. And you should read the book and you should watch the movie and you can enjoy the way that the story plays out in each. And, um, and uh, you know, I don't feel uh, upset when I see something play out differently on you know, on a, on a CW, uh, DC show versus the way it works in the comics or the way it works in the movies. You know, just different actors playing all these different characters. And I, I'm never upset by that because I, I look at it as, as, well, it's just more to love. <laughs> you know, I can, I can love this angle on it as well. Um, you know, I, I think that, that, uh, that well, the experience of watching the movie, yeah, there's, there's stuff that just in terms of the way the, the, the the way it had to structure in terms of the plot and the events and the way they play out and, and the reveals and things like that, you know, they were going to have to shift because it is an adaptation. You know, we have to adapt it to work as a movie. And uh, but if you strip away the your the feelings that a lot of fans sometimes feel of, well, that's not exactly the way it is in my memory or the way it looks on that page, and you look at, like, well, is this servicing the story? Is this the thing that's going to get us to the important pieces of the puzzle here? Um, you know, if you shift your focus and think of it in broader terms, uh, I think you have a, a much better uh, chance of really enjoying the experience as much as you enjoy reading the book uh, and vice versa. I will agree with you 90% of that statement for one reason and one reason only. Uh, and it's because the other night, Vibe bounced out of the Flash series, and it was Barry that decided to break dance instead of Vibe, and that was the heartbreaking part. <laughs> and it, did, it, did it just ruin your childhood? That's the thing that bothers me. When people are like, oh, it's ruined my childhood. Well, no. My childhood's over. I'm a grown man now. I, you know, I can enjoy it for what it is. You know, at, at some point, you got to let things Speak for yourself. Right. You Speak know, for yourself. I get to be a kid all the time. Exactly. Like, there's a certain franchise, I don't want to drop their name, but I didn't like seven of the last eight movies. Well, you know, my experience with the original three trilogy is not diminished by not liking seven of the last eight flicks. I still only have the original three. So, you know, I get yeah. to enjoy my life in those three movies. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, you know, one of the things that... Um, that I, I feel, if I could change anything about sort of the, the, the culture, it's, uh, it's how, how fans think about adaptations. You know, I think that, that, um, I think that, that, uh, I just always look at it as additive, you know, and different, different viewpoints and different things. And, and, and I, working as a, working in TV and film, like, you know, I understand in a way that some, Maybe some fans don't that 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 animation 
is as different from comic books as live action is from animation. They are so different that, uh, but, but it doesn't feel that way because, oh, well, an artist drew that. So, you know, but, but that's a real oversimplification of what comic books do and what, uh, what animation does and what live action does. So, um, yeah, I just look at it as, I call additive. Let, let's, let's all enjoy all that. I mean, that's kind of one of the things we went into in the movie. We're like, well, we're going to make a change. If we have to make a change in terms of the plot, in terms of how we, in terms of like pacing, um, if we need some kind of more, you know, more fast-paced action beat here in order to for the pacing of the story to work, otherwise it's going to feel like you're bogged down in a lot of heavy stuff for a long time. Um, which in in the book was can work because you're waiting a month, you know, and then you get the book, and then you get to read that, and then you wait another month. Um, but in the movie, you have to play with the pacing a little bit. So where we could, we tried to be additive. Um, we released a scene that takes place sort of in the book. It would take place between chapters one and two of the book. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun action beat and it tells a little bit more of the story than you get in the book. Uh, and, um, and so things like that were really important to me, you know, in terms of how we adapted this. Well, yeah, I'm, again, I'm going to put you over. It was a lot of fun. And that cliffhanger ending with the, with the groaning of rage going, finish the story. <laughs> I want to sit through it all. Well, aren't you thrilled that you don't have to wait that long? Exactly. You know, part two, uh, you know, you don't have to wait for a year. It's not like a, you know, a, a big uh, cinematic MCU movie or something where you're going to have to wait a long time. You're going to get to watch it all play out. And let me tell you, part two is a very different movie than part one. They are, by design, two parts of the co- two sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. One side is the first part is the pristine, unmarred side of the coin where the system is working, but you see the wheels coming off the bus at this point. <laughs> um, but it's working still. Uh, part two, the system really collapses. And I don't just mean the justice system. I mean the criminal system as well. Everything is sort of coming apart in part two. It's the marred side of the coin. It's it's the, the part that's kind of dirtier and messed up. And uh, And so, you know, obviously the coin flip and the two sides of the coin being quite integral to the, the long Halloween story. That's how we designed these two parts. So what part two is a wild ride. It's, it's a, it's a different pace than the first part. Well, it also helps that I, I presume it was animated and written as one full story and then divided up into two parts, making it easier for the recording team and everybody else to, to be able to put it together. And I'm here to tell you that your presumption is wrong. <laughs> it was actually uh, conceived and written uh, and uh, and and produced as as two different movies. Okay, well that's even better then. Yeah, it's, yeah, but but we were right on what one right on top of the other. You know, it was it was we 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 had a plan and we knew what we were doing. It wasn't like we were only going to make part one and then you know. So so yes, in a way, you're right. That, that it was all planned out, but it wasn't that we we made one long movie and then you know and then and, you know took the uh, took the uh, the axe to it and decided where to cleave it cleave it in twain. Um, no, no, we we designed it to work this way. And you, um, you couldn't. And I I, 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 I like the way it came out. Team, could you? I'm sorry. Say that again. I said you couldn't make it easy for the Warner Brothers animation team, could you? <laughs> I think this was the easy way. This was like this is the way Butch thought we should do it, and I think he was right, and, uh, you know, it meant that we got to tell, uh, it's not just a story that's cut in half, you know, there is a story to the first part, there is a story to the second part, 
it, they, you know, whether that it works as a standalone movie, you know, that's, I think that's an impossibility because there's just so much more of the story that, to get to in, in part two. But, um, but it, it, it is its own complete experience, part one. And part two is its own complete experience. They really feed each other. And it's, you know, you, you want to experience both. But I, I'm excited to see the version next year that has, you know, the whole, the whole thing. Now, I don't know. I, I honestly, I, and I, I shouldn't say that because I don't even know what they're doing. I know we did that with Death of Superman and Reign of the Superman where they made one continuous movie out of it. I don't know what the plans are for Long Halloween. I would love it if they tried to make it into one film, but I feel like you'd have to do some weird edits to make that work. They, they are their own movies. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, see, what, we'll see how it plays out. Well, they do that with The Dark Knight Returns and uh, splice it together as one yeah. whole movie. So we'll we'll see how it yeah, works. Yeah, true. Uh, maybe you will get uh, multiples out of this, you know, the individual films uh, as they're being released with this one coming out on digital and Blu-ray June 22nd. And then uh, possibly a one full complete movie where I won't be groaning waiting to uh, see the second one. Oh, you can wait a month. You, listen, if, if if we all had to wait a month between chapters one through thirteen of the book between 1996 and 1997, you can wait one month for part two of the movie. Listen, Robert. In 1996 and 1997, we had pagers that we had to go find a payphone to call everybody back. Now, if we don't get a text back in a minute and a half, we try to figure out what's wrong and why mad at us. So the culture doesn't That's allow true. for that level of patience anymore. It's true. Listen, I'm writing comics now that are monthly, and I'm shocked by, by issue two. I couldn't believe, of my Teen Titans Academy book, I couldn't believe how many people I saw online saying, well, why don't I know everything yet? You know? <laughs> my, Teen Titans Oh, my, Teen Titan Titan Academy, Academy, it's been a, it's been a month. You know, you're killing it in the comics too. No, no, no. Storytelling, monthly storytelling is a very different thing. And I, I hope people appreciate that when they're watching Long Halloween and think, you know, this, this has to work differently. Movies are a different thing. Um, and, uh, so, so that's, a, that's something to keep in mind. Yeah. So after Long Halloween, again, part one comes out June 22nd, digital, Blu-ray, 4K. You know, in any other medium that you can find it, which we want people to be able to check it out and, uh, you know, get so sucked into the 88 minutes of it that they forgot that there's going to be a part two thinking we'll watch it all the way through. Okay. I had hoped that I'd get like that special cut, but I guess I'm not that important. <laughs> I don't think there is one. I don't think there is one. I know, I'm, just, I'm just being egotistical for, for a second. <laughs> well, you're obviously. Uh, everyone's favorite. So if, there, if it existed, you would have it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I, since <laughs> you were a Denny O'Neill fan growing up and, you know, reading oh, the yeah. complexities of, of Denny's work, could we possibly see you? And I'm putting this out there since you're going to have lunch with Jim and, you know, start planting <laughs> the seeds. Green Lantern, Green Arrow. <laughs> Listen, I think, um, First of all, hard traveling heroes is something that, uh, you know, is, is near and dear. And, uh, I think that the Green Arrow and Green Lantern stuff is, is stuff that I would love to, to visit, uh, myself. However, I do think that, um, you know, 
the, the great thing about DC, I mean, there's so many of these great characters, but one of the great things is, is the success of the Arrow show mm-hmm. on the CW. And I think that it has opened up possibilities to make, you know, a move. Who would have thought we'd be doing a, you know, we, we could, we could possibly do something like that. Green, Green Arrow, Green Lantern kind of movie. But, but I think that the exposure that these things get in, in other media, uh, you know, can, could, could lead to that. So maybe, you know, I would, I'd love to do it. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll beg, Barnes, I know Jim Creed is a huge fan of, of that stuff as well, uh, particularly, you know, the Green Arrow, Green Lantern. I'm quoting it all the time. So, uh, you know, I'll have to wrestle it away from him, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know what, what's on the horizon for me. I, I've got a lot more books than I'm doing with DC, and my dream is to one day get uh, some of these kids that I've that I've put into the the DC universe now this year. Um, you know, get them uh, translated and adapted into another medium. I, I I think about the the, the Batman, which are these three kids that I have at, uh, at attending Titans Academy, or the you know Batman fanatics. But they're these three goth kids from from Gotham City and orphans. And, and, uh, and they sort of worship the altar of the Batman that they, the legend, legends that they've heard on the street, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so, so I'd love to get to bring them into, into animation or, or live action even at some point, you know? There, there's a lot of, I think there's always more opportunity, uh, you know, than, than maybe we even think. Sometimes, I remember the old days, the old days, you would have said, Hey, Green Hour, Green Lantern, and, and executives would have said, who? And no, you know, uh, is Batman in it? Um, and, uh, I think nowadays there's much more openness to, you know, and then we have Arrow to thank for that, I think, in a lot of ways, and the success of the cinematic movies as well. You guys are doing something right over there, especially with the comics and the animated stuff, which we're most excited about, and we're putting those over because those are the primary mediums that you've been working in as of late. And we're excited to see, I'm excited for everybody to see Long Halloween, because Batman Long Halloween, against, again, June 22nd, digital, Blu-ray, 4K, yeah. and everything else, we got to keep putting that over, you know, for everybody to see yeah. what you put pen to paper that turned into this great animated feature. Yeah, it's a, well, it was a huge labor of love. I mean, you know, fans made this movie, and I, I hope that fans embrace the movie, um, and I really hope they embrace the amazing work of not only the artists who have created something spectacular, I think, for uh, visually that we have never seen before in, in animation and in animated movies, um, but this cast is is just unreal. Uh, everyone, I, I, there's not a there's not a weak link. They're all incredible. Uh, Jensen Ackles was born to play Batman, and I felt that right away the first line you recorded. And uh, and Josh Dumel is. I feel like we're in the, what I call the Dumelissance right now because people are realizing, you know, Josh Dumel is a, it's a, has some chops and I think we get to see that on display in, in this movie. And, but, you know, of course the late great Naya Rivera plays Catwoman in the movies and, um, she was an absolute delight to work with. And I think she brings a new dimension to Catwoman and brings so much warmth and, uh, you know, to the role that, um, you know, I, I wish that we, we could we could have her version Catwoman for for years to come, you know. Um, but I'm grateful for the time we had with her. And Troy Baker coming, uh, uh, well, uh, playing the Joker yet again. He's done that before. Batman, Batman uh, versus the Teenage Mutant. Yeah, but now, yeah, yep. Yeah, but now you get to hear him as the Joker doing Long Halloween. Right. You know, and it's like. 
Troy Baker is is legendary, uh, you know, uh, in terms of his his work and interpretation. I mean, these are a lot of people think, oh, sound and well, what does the voice sound like? And you know, uh, yeah, he has a great Joker sounding voice. But this is these are actors. These are actors who are doing real acting work and bringing so much depth and dimension to what they do. Uh, but the, the the range on Troy Baker, at not only vocally. You know, uh, but, you know, but, but, but in terms of that, as an actor, it's, it's something to behold. And, uh, I hope, um, I hope people really enjoy, uh, his, his work in this. And David DeSmalchin, as Calendar Man, he just, you know, he's one of the most delightful human beings you'll ever meet. Yes, I hope I'm not ruining, you know, any, any sort of facade he wants to sort of present. I don't think he does. No, he's, but, he's, uh, a boy, he's just, spoken a couple of times. He, he's a sweetheart. And then he goes, into the booth and just creeps you the F out as calendar man. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, this guy. <laughs> um, he was, he was just exciting. It made, it made me want to go and I was working, when we recorded him for part one, I was working on the script for part two. And, uh, and I ran back and I, I, I wrote an additional scene for calendar man that we needed something anyway to, to bridge some stuff that was happening uh, in the third act of the second movie, and uh, and I was just so thrilled to be able to to make it a calendar man scene because I just wanted to hear him play that role more and more and more. And then Julie Nathanson, she's absolutely amazing. Oh, Made me heartbreaking character as uh, if Mrs. Dent was a real person in front of me. It's just heartbreaking because you know the, the core of this movie, these movies, is about. The, what service to Gotham City does to the families who built it and are continuing to maintain it. You know, it's the Falcones, the Waynes, the Gordons, and the Dents. And nobody suffers more, I think, than, than Gilda Dent, um, you know, at least in, in front of our eyes in this, you know, in this, in these movies. And it's heartbreakingly beautiful what she's able to, the dimension she's able to, to bring as an actor. And then also remember, the performances you see are not just the voice actors, but also the, the artists who are working in concert with, with the, uh, the voice artists and, and crafting this, this, you know, on-screen performance that, like you say, makes you feel like they're right there in front of you. I mean, this cast, when you think about it, any one of them, and all of them, should be playing these roles in live action. You know, they, they, they're all out of central casting for these roles. Yeah. They could do it. I, the way I was watching it, I felt that you had cast them for the live action version that just got translated to animation. Yeah. Like that's the way the writing in the story yeah, that, That's called me being a very lucky writer that I had nothing to do with any of that stuff, but it was, um, it was an absolute joy to work with this cast who I think is, you know, they, they set a new bar, uh, for, for the way these movies work and the way that the, uh, casting of these movies works. You know, should work. You should, you should hire the best actors, man. And in our case, we were lucky enough to hire the best actors who also have quite a pedigree. And, um, you know, are, are, in my eyes, they are, they are all stars. Um, anyhow, I, I do have to get running. Like I said, I got a lunch with Jim Creek, so I'm going to go. But, um, I just, I absolutely love talking to you every time. Well, well we're going to get again. together soon, uh, after the fourth, you know, once all the craziness subsides. <laughs> And then, uh, well, and the new, and the new craziness starts. Of course. Yeah. Well, the, the main craziness was, was, you know, Labor Day mask lift and then the 4th of July. Yeah. So, you know, that's like 
the trifecta of craziness that's going on in the early portion of summer. So a little bit later summer, we're going to get together when it subsides. We've already put out there for, for Jim Green Arrow, Green Lantern film. And I'm going to throw out one more before I let you go. The first ever three-parter film, Crisis on Infinite Earth. Wow, well, it's kind of a daunting, right? That would be daunting, I think, to uh, to go into that. that. That would be something that I would be terrified uh, to, uh, to embark upon. That is, talk about seminal classics in the canon, right? Um, but, you know, I mean, look at Beloved by, by me and many people. I, I would not uh, say no. Um, although I might, actually. I don't know. I might say no if somebody asked to adapt that. I don't know how you can do it. I don't know. Uh, but I, you know what? There are smart, there are smart people. There are smart, smart people. I've worked with them who, um, who, who could, I'm sure could do it. I'm sure. Well, Tim Sheridan, writer of Batman the Long Halloween out on digital, 4K, Blu-ray combos and everything else, June 22nd. Thank you so much for chatting with me again, my friend. Uh, remind us where we can find you on social media before I let you go. Yeah, find me on Twitter at I am Tim Sheridan uh, or Instagram at I love Tim Sheridan, which you do. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> and we do love your work and we love the praise that you're getting. Uh, enjoy lunch today, my friend, and please give Jim my regards. I will. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Hey, pleasure's mine. Take care.